Today's daf is daf Pei Zayin, page 87, we got up to page 87, but let's go back. Let's give a chazara, uh, a new sugya, uh, just to remind ourselves, it's pretty straightforward, what we're, handling, what, what we're handling here in the Gemara, and going back and forth with, is connect, trying to figure out the difference between the halacha of a vow and the halacha of tearing kriya. Because in our Mishnah, it lets us know that you need to be specific, okay? You need to be specific when it comes to removing the Durham by tearing Kriya. We have a different halacha that's going to be in the Gemara, and what we're up to now in the Gemara is trying to figure out the nafkamina. Is there nafkamina? Is it just dealing with apples and oranges? But if you would be dealing with apples and apples in Echanami, they would have the same halacha. So that's what that's where we're at. But let us go back, and we're going to chazer the Mishnah, all right? So we'll, we'll chazer the Mishnah on Pevav Amad Beis, here we go, says the Mishnah, 86b. If a person's wife makes a nether, and he thought that it was his daughter, so he thinks he's removing his daughter's vow. They, they sound alike, they look alike. His daughter makes a nether, and he thinks it's his wife. Or he's not, he makes a mistake of what the vow was about. So either he makes a, vow about the, uh, makes a mistake about the person, or makes a mistake about what it's about. Or vice versa. Or he thinks he's removing the vow or confirming a vow. When she says she's not going to eat figs, he thinks that it was about grapes. Or vice versa. In all these cases, he he um, he needs to remove the nadar again. Okay. Says the Gemara, Zok Gemara, I don't understand the Memra, the Yani Yaisa Davku, do you mean to tell me that the Apostle of Yani Yaisa is specific? When a husband or father restrains the vows of his wife and his daughter, you, you know exactly who it is, and you gotta know what it exactly that it's about. That's what it seems from the mission. Is that really true? Here we go, top of today's daft. But when it comes to Allah's of tearing Kriya over a maze, let's say somebody tears Kriya and they get the wrong person. Tichsiv al al. It says the it says the word al. Uh, I'm sorry. Tichsiv al shol v'al yohainasam benai. Yeah, it says the word al by shol, and it says the word al about yohainasam, the son of shol, which means that David Amelech tore kriya for two specific people. Vitanya, we learned about that that happenstance. Amrulai, if somebody says to a Yid, Mesav, if your father dies, Vikara and he tears Kriya, Vachachrim Zubanoi, turns out it was for the wrong person, Yatsude Kriya. You see that it's a valid Kriya, you don't need to, it doesn't need to be specific. So why by Nadarim are we saying that it needs to be specific, but by Kriya it does not? I'm be like, gosh, there's no question, Habistab, Hambim, Mefarsh. This is where we ended off yesterday. And basically what we're saying is maybe you would have the same halacha, but the case, but our case by Kriya is when he tore Kriya over his father. And then they told him it was a son. When he, at the time of Kriya, he didn't say, I'm tearing Kriya for my father. He's tore Kriya, because that's what a novel does. And it turns out it's a son. You know what we're going to say? You tore Kriya, you're fine. You don't need to go ahead and do it again. You're fine. Seder. But in our case, when he's removing the vow, he, he has in mind, and he's in his mind, this is specific. It's not just, oh, I want to remove vows. I want to be yates designed with removing vows. Specific for his wife and or and or his daughter. Now, let's say a person were to just say, "I want to remove any vow I'm capable of removing." It seems from this this step of the Gemara that taka would be valid. You understand, right? Because if you, you did it, stam. I'm just removing any any vows that are in my domain to remove. 
Vatanya, and we learned in a Brisa. Okay, so this is Benichusa, this is going to be, there's not a question. Omrulai Mesavif, if they tell somebody his dad passed away. Bikara, see, Tirskriya. And turns out that they found it was his son who died, not his father. You have not fulfilled your mitzvah of Kriya. Second, the problem, right? Let's keep going. Let's say they told him, you should know a close relative died. He took this to me and it was his father. He took this to me and it was his and afterwards, it was a son. Then yotza yudei chavase. Okay, so again, what do you see when a person tears kriya, plain stam, without any specific knowledge of who and what? Then it'll be okay. And that halacha, that'll be an okay kriya. And that halacha would hold true when you remove a vow. You're not sure if it's your wife, your daughter. You just say, you know what? Somebody who you're able to remove their vow made another. They're being very vague with him, and he says, "Fine, I'm removing all those nedarim." Where we're at right now with the Gemara is, left, is going to be that it's a taka, a valid removal. Otherwise, if you think it's specific to your wife and turns out it was your daughter, vice versa, then it would not be okay. Fine. So that's one way to explain the nafkamina between Nidorim and Kriya. Ravashi Yamar. Ravashi says, Khan Dibur, Khan Laachar Dibur. He says, I'll tell you another nafkamina. And one is Teichedei Dibur, and one's the Achakedei Dibur. Now, what this halacha of Teichedei Dibur is approximately three seconds. It's the amount of time it takes to say Shalom Alecha Rebbe Yomayri, right? Uh, peace on to you, Rebbe Yomayri. When somebody does something Teichedei Dibur, what you're what you're doing is you're removing. You, it's like a, it's like a three second rule, right? Some people have a five second rule, ten second rule when it comes to food on the floor, right? Some people have a ten minute rule, chais, whatever it is. Yeah, there's a three-second rule, so to speak. There's Teichedei Dibur rule. person makes a bracha. Bracha to Hashem, and it turns out that, that it's a different bracha that's, that's uh, supposed to be made. If it's within three seconds, you're allowed to change and still rely on the, on the uh, original Baruch Ato Hashem. So, when do we say that he fulfilled his mitzvah of Kriya? That is, he tore the first father, and it turns out that it was a son, but it was that is that's coming about after so now he can no longer has the ability to change it and we learned in the this is again not as a question a person who has a chayla inside his house and the chayla faints so you check, and you're not good at checking. You think he's dead, but you, you don't know how to check for a pulse. Turns out, he's alive and well. And he just fainted. You think the guy's dead, he didn't die. The kara, he says, it's all over. Tears kriya. Ten minutes later, the guy actually dies. You didn't, uh, you weren't Yaitse, Kriya. Amar of Shimim and Pazi, Amar of Yeshua, Malay, Mishub, Bar Kaparo. Lai Shanu, Ela Shemesta, Acha Kedidimu. Avol, Basech, Kedidimu, Kedidimu, Dami. This is going to be the Kiddish. This, this is the Kiddish, right? Yeah? Because, in a Hanami, you're going to say, listen, somebody's 20 years old. Somebody's, uh, forget ages, because nobody knows how long. 
somebody's whatever age, let's call 20. They live another 20 years. Somebody tears Kriya for them when they're 20. You're going to say retroactively is a valid Kriya? Of course not. So the Kiddush, you're asking, I so what's the Kiddush? The guy's not dead yet. The Kiddush is going to be that if it's done, if he's not dead yet, but you tore Teich Divor, then it's not going to be a valid Kriya. But it's not in the right order. The whole idea of Kriya is tearing for a mace. Here you're tearing Kriya, Teich Divor, the person dies, but the Kriya wasn't... In other words, when you make a bracha, Teich Divor, yeah. You're doing it very good. Very good. Good. Rabbi Ravinsky asking a starker question. And that is, Teichadei Dibor is when you have two things that are both Megea, you're both in the Parsha, and you know you, you have two brachas, let's say. Uh, you, you say two things, and now you're going to back out on one thing. But over here, we're dealing with an actual, um, dealing with an actual halacha. Okay. So... Apparently, we have to say, there, there's, there's tire on this. I'm, I think your question is going to be better than any answer I give you. Okay? That's the mice. It's just the order. It's um, not even the, the fact that one's a halakha, one's a different. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, reversed. So, what we're going to say is that at a certain point within the throes of death, if he dies, it's, 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 there's like, it's, it's like a process. It's like a, it's like a process. That's, a, that's the only, I still think your kasha is better than the terrorists. Okay? The Hilchus and Halacha is Toich Kedai Dibor Kedibor Dami Chutz Mi Megadev Vayvikachavim U Megadesh U Megarish. Fascinating. Halacha is that anything could be changed Toich Kedai Dibor, okay, except for these things. So a man hands a get to his wife, um, and then he says Harez Agitech, and your mother will call Adam, and then he, ah, just joking. Yeah, I changed my mind. The halacha is, she is divorced. She's divorced. The same thing holds true with the other cases. The case of a person who curses out, chas v'sholem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're going to be chayev on that, and also mekadesh. Okay. Here we go. Next, Mishnah, five lines from the bottom of Pezayin Amur Aleph. So listen to the next situation over here. She says, I'm not eating figs or grapes. And the husband or slash father says, you know what? I like your vow about the grapes. I don't like your vow about the figs. So he's like confirming one and removing the other. Okay. Kiyem l'te'enim. As soon as he's mekayim, establishes, confirms ta'inim, kulay kayim, he can no longer remove anything else. And the same thing would be hold true by the grapes. We're picking one. As soon as you confirm one, it's all confirmed. Which means, and this is what the Gemara is going to get into, it's, it's going to be sourced in psukim, it'll be sourced in psukim, that there's no such, there's no such thing as a partial... Uh, or a partial kiyam. Okay. Right? Because he's as soon as you're Mekayim 1, the entire kiyam, the, the entire thing is Mekayim. Which you can also view your way, that's true. Right? That you can't afterwards do a partial hafar. Hefer leteinim. What if he's mefer one of them? He's mefer the figs. Okay? What's the deal with the grapes? Enoi mufer ad sheyofer aflanovim. So that's not good 
because you also need to include the, the grapes. So here's the deal. When you're confirming something, you don't need to say the entire thing is confirmed in order for the entire thing to be confirmed. This is the clarity that we need. When it comes to removal, you, you do need to be made for both. You have to say, I'm removing the figs, and you have to say, I'm removing the grapes. Amra Kaina, if she says, Kainam te'ena, shani te'yemes, vanaba she'eni te'yemes, hare'ilu shnei nedarim. That's going to be considered two separate nedarim. Mani masnisin, zagzog t'gumara, who's on our Mishnah, Rabbi Shmael, it's Rabbi Shmael de Tanya, and I'll prove it to you because we learned in the Brisem, shtet and pasuk, and now these verses are going to give us the background of the halachas of this Mishnah. So it says in Bamidbar, Perak Lamid, Pasuk Yadalid, We'll just read the whole pasuk together, and then we'll get to the words. Call neder v'chol shvuas iser any vow or any prohibition coming about through an oath la'ana is nefesh that's going to cause an affliction to her nefesh isha yikimenu her husband could be mekayimit confirm it be isha and her husband yifirenu could remove it. So the bride says isha yikimenu the husband could be mekayim the vow the isha yifirenu. And the husband can remove the vow. What does this mean? If she says, I'm not going to taste any figs or grapes, as soon as you confirm the tainim, the entire thing is mukuyim. Top of Amr Beis. But if you only say, I'm removing the figs, and you don't remove the grapes, so then, nothing's removed. You got to remove both uh, both the figs and grapes, the entire statement in its entirety. Dibir Rabbi Shmuel is the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel. Okay, which seems like our Mishnah. Beautiful. Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says, Now he's not going to argue on whether the Tana is Rabbi Shmuel, he's arguing on the Alacha of Rabbi Shmuel. The Kiva says, but a state in Posik, the husband establishes it, the husband removes it. He says like this, the word mimenu means from it, which means partially. So he says, listen, if a husband can be mekayamit partially, by saying part of it, the whole thing is confirmed. So to when it comes to remove, we should say as soon as you remove one, both of them are gone. Meaning, as soon as you start the process, the whole thing's there. The Rabbi Shmuel, Miksiv Yafir Menu, and Rabbi Shmuel is going to respond to Rabbi Kiva, and he's going to say, Does it say Yafir Menu? No, it says Yafirenu. Does it Yafir Menu? If you wanted it to be that a partial removal is a, is a, is a uh, complete removal, you should have used the word Menu literally. He says, no, it's going to be fine. Because, again, he says, We put it side by side. So he says, based on the Hekish, that the same way the Hakama, confirming it, partial confirmation is in entire confirmation, so too a partial removal is an entire removal. Okay, so basically what the argument over here is, which one is starker, which one is stronger? Do I look at the Hekish between Afara and Kima? That's going to be... Um, Rabbi Akiva Well Rabbi Shmuel is going to say no It should have said it literally Okay 
Rav Chiyabarabba says, in the name of Rabbi Yechanan Zudivrei, Rabbi Shmuel of Rabbi Akiva, these are the two opinions of Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva. Okay, what does it mean, this is the opinion? It's the Mepharshim here explain that everybody, bo- both opinions are going to agree that when it comes to Kiyum, a partial Kiyum is a complete Kiyum. They're arguing about the far. They're not really arguing about the, the Kiyum. Don't, we don't agree that when it comes to confirmation or partial confirmation or complete confirmation, we even hold when it comes to confirmation, you got to do it in its entirety. There's no such thing as dragging the kid brother along the other part. No, you got to say it straight out. Okay. So we got three opinions here. Beautiful. We have the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva, both hold by confirmation, partial as a whole. They argue about a removal. Third opinion is that of the Chum who holds that both by Kiyom and Afara, a partial Kiyom is a complete Kiyom. And a, I'm sorry, a partial Kiyom is not a complete Kiyom. You still need to be behind the other part of it. And the same thing would hold true by Hafara. Last piece of Gemara before the Mishnah. If the wife or daughter says, I'm making a kainam from eating this fig, or she says, I'm making a kainam from eating this grape, so she said each statement separate. Okay, which means that the only way to be able to separate anything is if you make a very clear division. Between your statements. Otherwise, if you don't make a clear division between your statements, we're going to lump it together. all together. Okay. Here we go. Next Mishnah. Previous Mishnah, what happened? He made a mistook. What was the mistook that he made? I don't know if it's my wife. I don't know if it's my daughter. I don't know. Uh, um, I, I, I thought that the vow was about the fig and said it was about a grape or vice versa. Now, Zuck the next Mishnah. He says, I know there's nedarim. I didn't know, says the father husband. Yeah, I didn't know how, I didn't know what. I did, or I didn't even know it's a possibility. I wasn't aware. In other words, it, say, you know, it says, and I, I, I hear the importance of not uh, messing with your vow and following through, but I, I, I just wasn't aware about this whole parsha. Of, of vow removal. The halacha is yofer. He's allowed to remove the vow. Okay. Now, when is he allowed to remove the vow? So the Ran, the other say, as soon as he figures out this halacha. As soon as he learns the halacha, fine. I know there's something called vow removal. But I didn't know the mechanics of nadarim, meaning... I knew my wife said something. I knew I'm allowed to remove vows. I didn't know that the word she used is a vow. Okay. That's not good enough of an uh, excuse. And he's not allowed to be made for anymore, as long as it's outside of 24 hours, obviously. He's, he is allowed to... Um, he, he should remove the vow. Okay. Let's ask a contradiction in this machlekes between Rav Meir and the Chachamim. 
So, um, when somebody kills unintentionally, let's read the whole Pasuk. Person kills unintentionally. There was no existing hatred between the two. And um, he he did an action, let's say, out in the forest. And he, he just didn't know that uh, it was end up in a death. So let's give an example. You have two guys out in the forest chopping trees. They know the other guy's there. Yeah, Ruve knows his shim is there. They're working together. So he knows that he's there. Um, he's, you know, it, the, 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 the metal of the axe slips off in a way that there's a chiv. Derechirida. And, uh, but he, you know, he, he knew the guy was there, but he didn't try to kill him. Okay. So that's Belay Rice. What does it mean Belay Rice? Pratlesuma. Somebody's blind, they don't go to Gullus. They've Rebihuda. This is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. The mayor of Mir says, the rabbi says Azuma. But Lai Royce, without seeing, is coming to include Asuma. Okay? What do you mean to, uh, to, to include Asuma? That since you're going to go to Galus without seeing, that means a person who can't see is always going to end up in a place of Galus. Okay? So that says the Gemara, incredible. Listen to this, how we're going to try to combine all this. You see from over here, Machlekes Rameir and Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda holds that when you have somebody who's a summa, somebody who's blind, which means a blind person can has a sense of what's around them, and you know it's it's interesting. I don't know if it's is, is that a legal sense. I wonder if how they, other senses enhance when someone's blind. Yeah, but there's officially five senses, right? right. Officially, there's five senses. I have the schus to be learning Thursdays now with. Uh, after my uh, the lunch I learned on Thursday, so I spent some time with Rich Axelbell. It's incredible stuff, Mamish incredible stuff. One of the things that he's blown away by, he told me he doesn't have an answer to. He tried searching it everywhere. People push it, don't talk about it. He says there's not five senses. There's, we know something called a sixth sense. He says even without that, he says there's a there's a real sixth sense, and that is the sense of heat. He says, doesn't know, doesn't know why the people don't research this. Sense there's a, you sense heat when you put your fingers. So there's a sense your body has something in it. He doesn't know what it is. He speak, spoke at the scientists. They don't know what it is. But our skin has something in it that can sense. It's not a touch. To sense heat is right. not yeah, a touch. Right. It's not sight. It's not hearing. Oh, wow. It's you're able to sense our fingers, our body, our skin has little sensors in them that can literally sense heat. And they can't figure out why. And he doesn't know why. It's not called a sense. Or cold. Huh? Or cold. But the, yeah, or cold, except according to his physics. Okay. Everything's ultimately different levels of heat. Levels and of heat. Right, that's right, how yeah. they, they right. break it down in lumbus. Even cold, that's why when something's very cold, there's heat that comes in. There's a whole uh, lumdisha thing. But apparently there's a sense that heat doesn't know why it's not considered wow. a real sixth sense. That's wild. It's wild. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, fascinating stuff. But um, the uh, Asuma has an extra sense of what this is what we call, what we refer to as the sixth 
sense, has a sense of what's going on around him. So Rabbi Yudah says that this Summa who can't see but is aware that there's somebody around them is not going to be Chayiv Golas. Rav Meir says, no, you are Mechayiv Golas. Can you see? No. Do you have the capability to see? No. But since you, in a, to an extent, this is the partial part, since to an extent you, you, you knew there's somebody there, that's enough to, be, to obligate you in, uh, in Golas. Now the issue is, this is the exact opposite of what Rav Meir and hold by the dark. So this is the Gemara's question. This is what the Gemara is challenging us over here. That why, why by Nedarim does Rav Meir hold we're not concerned, and Rebuta holds that we are, and over here it's vice versa. So it says the Gemara, Amarava, Rava says, well, this will be the last step for today. It's not a contradiction because they are merely basing themselves off of Psukim in the Torah. If you have a Pasuk telling me to be concerned about a partial awareness, so then you're dealing with uh, unique Zeres Akasa for your situation. And since, since the Halachas of Gullus and the Halachas of Nadarim are each going, as we're going to prove Bez Hashem tomorrow, have their own sets of Psukim to base themselves off of, it's not Taka contradiction between, you know, uh, Rav Meir being concerned about uh, a partial awareness when it comes to uh, Gullus and not being concerned about a partial awareness when it comes to vows and vice versa by Rabbi Yehuda. So we'll hold it here for this evening and Bezrem tomorrow we will restart from the Mishnah on Daf Pei Zayin Amud Beis and restart the Sugya to be able to tackle this Machlaikas, Rav Meir and Rabbi Yehuda. Have a wonderful, wonderful Erev Shabbos everybody. Zayi